accelerant, a substance used to aid the spread of fire, accelerating, or causing acceleration. This is the Accelerant Podcast. What's one of the most challenging parts of running a member-based nonprofit organization? It's probably pretty hard to pick just one, but something we've continued to hear from our customers is that they need better operations and strategy around managing leads. Over the course of 18 months, Daxco product manager Charlie Peters and his team worked to unravel the challenges in managing leads and built a tool that not only streamlines processes, but helps organizations like yours harness growth opportunities. In this episode, you'll hear about Charlie's process working with an early adopter of the lead management tool, Krista Bold from the YNCA of Greater Milwaukee. You'll also hear Krista's view on the whole development process and her organization's relationship with Daxco and how valuable that relationship was in designing a useful and effective tool. So let's dive right in. Charlie, could you tell us a little bit about your experience as a member of the Daxco team? Yeah, I have been with the Dexco team for a little over seven years now. I actually started with with Dexco on our services team. So I worked with customers who were launching and implementing Dexco Engage and actually helped write a lot of uh, email marketing campaigns on behalf of our customers. And then about a little over two years ago, moved over to the product team and uh, I've been serving as a product manager for Daxco Operations currently, but also for Daxco Engage and then a little bit with our Daxco Operations API. Product management is all about information gathering and storytelling. I enjoy listening to our, our associations using our products, finding out more about how their teams work, what they're trying to accomplish, what their goals are, the ways that we might make their lives easier, make their jobs more enjoyable, and then taking that information, turning around and uh, collaborating with our software developers, telling the stories that we hear, and then seeing the light bulbs go off and working with our, our engineers to, to solve those problems. It sounds so easy when you say it like that, Charlie, but of course, we know that it's not quite that simple. Uh, product management comes with a lot of challenges. What are some of the challenges that you experience in your role? Yeah, you're right to point out that it's never quite that simple. There are a lot of challenges. One of the things that comes to mind for me is how often we want to solve all the problems all the time for all the users, and that rarely makes sense. And so uh, a lot of prioritization has to happen. We need to make decisions about the things that we work on that will make the, the most impact for the, the highest number of users. And that often means uh, saying no to a lot of requests and to a lot of features. Sometimes it's no, not right now, because it doesn't make sense for for our roadmap or for the timing uh, or for the market need. And sometimes that means saying no, never, if it doesn't make sense for the product. So having those discussions is never easy, but um, ultimately it's the right thing to do for the product. When we talk about the challenges that you face, we want to focus on a really important project that we call lead management. How would you describe what lead management means to our associations? Lead management is a term that we use for all the different ways we see associations growing, and that could be getting new members in the door, signing up new units, but it might also mean boosting program registrations or finding new donors. And as we explored this project last year and continuing through this year, it became clear to us the, the wide variety of ways that associations have for growing, and lead management is the tool they can use to nurture those people along those journeys. 
It's really interesting, the timing of this project. Tell me a little bit about how you have seen the understanding of prospecting or sales change for our customers over the last 18 months. Yeah, so let's go back in time a little bit. So in 2020, after facilities began closing their doors, we saw members putting memberships on hold, our members canceling altogether. And we we first saw associations responding in, in truly inspirational ways. And they were in survival mode, just making sure basic community needs were met. Then we started to hear from associations who were beginning to focus on winning those members back. Often those would be their own former members who were maybe on hold or who had had terminated in the early days of of the pandemic. But it was also members um, from other wellness facilities who would find themselves shopping around as as centers began opening back up. So because of all the good work that they do in their communities, and especially so during the pandemic, we saw that they were well-positioned to win back these, what sometimes were called orphaned members. And so that really influenced how associations understood prospecting and sales. And in a variety of ways, we heard a rallying behind the spirit of, hey, when our city or our state opens back up and it's uh, safer to return to facilities. We need to be ready for that bounce back. I remember a great conversation that our team had with the team at the YMCA of Metro Milwaukee about their upcoming winback strategy and how at that time they were maybe unable to offer as many membership promotions as the years passed and that they needed uh, to find ways to more deliberately communicate the value of membership and to really sell those benefits in ways that they, they hadn't before. We also learned from them how their membership sales team members were going to need a lot more flexibility with how they followed up a particular prospect or their particular lead. So we're also talking to Krista Bold with the YMCA of Greater Milwaukee and really excited to have Krista join us today and tell us her story of working with Charlie and his team. To get us started, Krista, I feel like everyone that we talk to has a why story. I'd love to know what yours is. What is your why story? How did you get involved with the YMCA? Absolutely. My name's Krista Bold. I'm the district executive for our Wright Height location, as well as membership for our association. So I oversee our branch executives, as well as running our flagship Wright Family YMCA. And then I also oversee the membership department and I'm the go-to DAXO person for my association. I started with the YMCA in 2004. I was going to school to be a teacher and was looking for a summer gig that would look good on my resume. And my dad said, maybe just go work for the Y. That'll look good. And I said, sure, I'll give it one summer. So as a lot of us say, that was the beginning of the end or the beginning of something great. I ended up doing all of my summers at that day camp. And then when I, when I got out of college, I was looking to go to grad school to be a counselor And when I was interviewing for grad school, they kept asking why I wanted to be a counselor. And I talked about wanting to do the most good I could to help other people. And all my questions that they asked me all went back to my work at the Y. And and someone asked me, why are you doing this when it seems like you're already doing that at the Y? And I had an epiphany and I made up some answer because I was in the middle of an interview, but I I realized I was already doing so much to, to better those around me and decided to switch gears and and make a career with the Y. I met my husband my first day at the Y. I didn't like him for eight years, but got my whole family from that. My kids are Y brats and I haven't looked back. So it's been about, I'm looking at the calendar, 17 years since I started my, my big Y story. 
I think that might be the best why story I've heard yet. I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> At the time that we're recording this, it's mid-November 2021. We've just gone through quite a season uh, with the pandemic and facing a lot of things. How has that impacted your organization and your role with your organization? Yeah, I think the, the big thing that's impacted us is we had to make a lot of changes through the pandemic to, to meet the needs of emergency closures and branches closing. But we've also had to continue to pivot and make changes as we exit the pandemic, which is unfortunately taking longer you know, than anticipated with things still, there's still people who don't feel safe coming back. So really, we've just been in a constant state of pivot or change, which has been exciting, exhausting, but I think we've been able to really move some things forward much faster than we we would have had we not gone through the pandemic. Things like going paperless, we were working on for years and we did it in a week because we had to. So there's some things like that that we were really able to move forward with much much quicker. But we've also had to consolidate our departments. And I think everyone here is doing three times more roles than we were doing pre-pandemic. So it's finding tools that help us work smarter and faster and also make it possible for us to get done everything we have to do with how much is still on our plates and how much is still really unknown because we're still exiting what COVID-19 has done to our whole industry. That absolutely makes sense. I think scalability and really looking to find efficiency wherever you can because people are wearing so many hats. I was reading an article last night about everyone's return to their health and wellness facility. So we're now seeing a lot of people coming back. What are some of the things that you all have investigated around making that process scalable? Welcoming people back that maybe were members pre-pandemic but took a break. Welcoming people back, the term orphaned members, people who maybe their gym closed or it's no longer in their budget and now they're in this season of seeking health and wellness. How have you focused on scalability for your team to make sure that those memberships are growing and you're welcoming people? I think the first thing that we had to do was make it easier for members to join us. We, pre-pandemic, had a service department that worked with our existing members and everything that happened within a Y. But we also had a full sales department that worked on our our prospecting and our tours and joins and following up. We, unfortunately, had to cut that whole department during the pandemic, and we we haven't gotten that back. So it's very important for us to make it as easy as possible for members to join the Y, but also still feel like they're joining a Y and not being completely hand it off like you might get at a, a for-profit facility. So we had to make sure we could have people joining online. We had to make sure that it was easier for our members to join if they needed assistance. It used to be very cumbersome to bring in all kinds of banking information and all the support you might get for your children or, or anyone else living in your household. We did a complete streamlining of that, and that has been a game changer for us. And we also streamlined our membership offerings like going to one draft date and eliminating multiple discounts that kind of were getting a little fuzzy out in the market. So really it was streamlining so our staff could eloquently talk about how to join and then it was making it much, much easier for those members to come. The other piece that we had to look at is what we needed to do within our branch. We used to have, let's say, eight people working at a time in the membership department at our large facility. Now we have four. So cutting that already in half, there's less people to do tours. There's less people to be making phone calls or sending out emails as follow-up. So we've really been trying to utilize our DAXCO suite to create some efficiencies for us there and make sure we're staying on top of it, but it's also manageable for us as well. 
Yeah, that's a ton to undertake and to try yeah. to formalize. <laughs> it will pay dividends in the long run, but I know it is such a labor of love. One of the things that, even for the Daxco team, we know that so many people are doing more with less, but there's an increasing priority on making sure that the business is bringing in those memberships and that we're inviting more people into the community so that they can in turn let the YMCA do what it does so well, which is take care of the community around you. And that's what sparked our ideas around lead management and specifically wanting to investigate how do we define what a prospect is? How do we um, take someone that maybe they are already a member, but they've never donated before? Maybe they've never been a member and we want them to be a member and take some of those core concepts and operationalize those things so that it doesn't require as much manual overhead so that staff can really focus on the relationship building. And that's what the YMCA does so very well. It has been such an interesting time for everyone across our market with this project, what were some of those bigger questions that were circling around lead management? And as you and the team researched those items, uh, how did you work with associations to answer their questions? Yeah, so one of the first questions was around the word sales and the culture shift we saw happening there. And so it's funny, there are, I would say, uh, mixed feelings about that word sales. We spent time with associations who have dedicated membership acquisition teams with sales in the job title. We also worked with associations who um, very kindly corrected me um, when I used that word and they shared that their team didn't use it, that word, for what they did. And then we saw there were many other associations somewhere in between and were in the process of that culture change. And they shared that while they traditionally may not have talked about membership sales, they were moving in that direction. So all that to say, given the variety of comfort with sales, our team found ourselves with the question, how might we create a solution that could be part of that culture change and that could accommodate a variety of teams, um, a variety of styles of working, and that focused on what we heard was the key underlying need. And that was association growth and all the opportunities that could make that happen. It's so interesting that different associations have a different level of comfortability with the word sales. Uh, something that we find, I think, in a lot of our projects, Charlie, where we find that uh, different associations have very different processes, but really have a very similar end goal. So it's great that the team found ways to accommodate all associations in that way. Another question that I had is specifically around what prospect means. So sometimes when I've talked to associations in the past, they use the term prospect exclusively for someone that is not a member and maybe has never been a member, but they're a prospective member. Other associations I found might define that term a little differently. So can you tell, tell us a little bit about how lead management accommodates different types of prospects or different definitions of the term prospect? Yeah, that's a great question, Becky. And um, another one of the, the larger questions circling this project was how could we find a balance between that breadth of what the word prospect could mean and the depth of functionality needed to, to accommodate that? So you're totally right. Associations were focused on member acquisition and that was certainly a key part of prospecting, but there were also many other revenue growth opportunities 
And we heard loud and clear that associations wanted to be able to treat anyone as a prospect. Prospecting isn't only about converting people into active units, people who haven't been a member before, but maybe are, are prospective members. And so the question we heard again and again from associations and that our team really focused on was how can we accommodate that broad range of prospecting that associations needed to do in order to recover from the pandemic? while also allowing for the specific needs of an individual campaign and individual leads within those campaigns. That sounds definitely like a bigger challenge, especially for a development team to get something in the hands of our associations. That's always important. Make sure that they actually have a tool so that we can start building upon it, but also make sure that it includes enough of that breadth that you mentioned to accommodate more than just one straightforward scenario. So, Krista, with lead management, I know that you have helped our product team and our design team so much as we have discovered some ideas. What do you think of that concept overall of lead management? And what were some of the things that first came to mind as feedback you wanted to offer our team? My first initial thought was it is so important to be strategic on your lead management. I think I've been in membership for about 10 years and I've worked in multiple different versions of membership where there's a separate sales and service, there's sales and service altogether. And in my um, experience, if you're not focusing on sales, it is the first thing to fall off your plate. There's always a member who's going to complain about the steam room or who needs help with their membership or has a bounce payment you're dealing with. But it is very easy to let someone tour your facility and walk away and never talk to them again. It seems to be the person that falls off if you don't have something set and specific people to work with those leads. The other thing I have experienced in the past when we, we didn't have a sales team and we moved to a sales team, the increase in revenue and member satisfaction when they join, when you have people focused on reaching out to someone when they haven't joined and reaching out even after they have joined, we saw an immediate boost in return when we did focus on that back in the past when we previously hadn't been. So for me, when I was talking with the team about lead management, it came at a time that was so important for us because we had to eliminate that whole department. And I didn't want my remaining membership team to lose focus on the huge importance for for doing lead management. You mentioned uh, a word that I will say in talking to associations that we work with has been somewhat controversial. So you mentioned the word sales, <laughs> and it sounds like a word that you use for roles at your facility. And mm -hmm. um, what does that mean, especially as you working at a nonprofit and using that word sales? Tell me a little bit about how your organization has become comfortable with sales as a concept that's important. I did not be controversial today, so it's fun to play that game. But I do, I think that sales gets a bad connotation because you think of like a, a used car salesman who's just trying to get you to buy it because they need to hit their quota or whatever it may be. But for us, the sales team is the staff who understands the importance of what the Y does for the community and isn't afraid to passionately talk about that and, most importantly, ask somebody to join. When we didn't have sales, staff were really worried about after their tour to say, can we sign you up today? Let's get you joined today. Let's start your membership paperwork. They were worried about having that. It was almost a passive, do you think you're ready to, to join or do you maybe need to think about it? We were giving people an out and we were missing out on the opportunity to serve the members who walked away because we weren't, we weren't ready to just ask for the sale at that moment. 
Um, I think as long as your passion and your mission is there in your sales process, it's okay to have a sales process because we are a business. We need members to serve our community. So if we're not getting the members to join, we, we won't have anyone to serve. So to me, sales is an important part of it. You just have to make sure your mission and your passion is still a part of that. And that's not hiring the right people to, to do that role. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I think it's just uh, the way that I have looked at it, especially during the pandemic, I've told people that it's such a gift to be able to work with nonprofits and to see what our associations do on a daily basis. It's um, it's such a gift to me because we feel like we're doing a very small part to help all of you meet your mission. And during the pandemic to see so many incredible things that you all were doing to make sure that emergency workers had childcare and make sure that seniors had a place of belonging, even when they didn't have that face-to-face -face interaction and nobody got left behind. And so those memberships that you're selling are mutually beneficial to your business, but also to those individuals walking through your door. Next week on The Accelerant, Lead Management Part 2. One of the, the challenges we faced was trying to understand the existing tools and processes that we were either trying to improve or maybe in some cases trying to replace. With a project as big as prospecting and lead management, which touches a couple of our different products, so it, it began in Daxco Operations and it continues through Daxco Engage, it was really a a long game approach. And so our product and engineering teams have really aligned on what has been an 18 month long continuous improvement that led us to the new lead management features in Indexco Engage. I was really impressed by the ability to have multiple kind of workflows that you could put people in and the usability of it, thinking how my staff might use it. Because some people, it takes them nine months to join. Some people, it takes them one visit. And it, it allowed for that differentiation, which was very exciting. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of The Accelerant. This podcast is about inspiring you, so please reach out to us with any questions, thoughts, and ideas by emailing podcast at daxco.com or reaching out to us on social media at daxco, that's D-A-X-K-O, or post with hashtag Accelerant Podcast. We would love to hear from you. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can hear the latest episodes. That simple click helps us continue to bring new and enlightening episodes to your ears. Bonus points if you leave a review. Let other listeners know about us and what Accelerant means to you. Accelerant Podcast is a product of Daxco, serving the health and wellness community for over 20 years with comprehensive technology solutions to over 7 million members worldwide. Learn more at daxco.com. That's D-A-X-K-O.com. Accelerant is produced by Sean Ellis Hussey and me, Becky Irby. Special thanks to the entire product team for season three. Sound and story editing by Sean Ellis Hussey. I'm your host, Becky Irby. Tune in every other Friday for a new episode of The Accelerant.